Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Nucleus Investment Insights. Today's episode is called The Wait Is Over, capitalizing on the booming weight loss drug industry. Are these new weight loss drugs the magic pill that the pharmaceutical industry and obese people have been praying for? Today, we're going to take an investment look into these drugs and the impact they're having on society. We're going to explore their efficacy, the cost, the side effects, which companies are the leaders, and how you can profit from this growing trend. Just a reminder, the information in this podcast is general advice only and is not intended to be specific to your personal financial situation. If you do want to discuss your personal financial situation and how to improve that, you can book a call with me or one of the advice team at nucleuswealth.com forward slash contact. Today, as always, we have Nucleus Wealth's Chief Investment Officer and co-founder, Damien Klassen. Damo, welcome. Hi, Sam. G'day, g'day. We, today, we also have Radek Zeleni, Nucleus Wealth's Senior Investment Analyst, join us. Radek, it's great to have you back on the show. It's been a while. Hi. Excellent. My name's Sam Kerr, and I'm the Head of Advice at Nucleus Wealth. Just a reminder, the themes discussed in this podcast are a reflection of our thinking, which we implement across all our active portfolios. And you can find out more about our offering in the description notes below. The show is recorded live every Thursday at 12.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time. So jump onto the Nucleus Wealth YouTube channel and you can ask any questions that come to mind during the show. We are also available on all other major podcast platforms, so feel free to listen in there if you prefer. And just a reminder, until the end of the year, we are offering a free no-obligation review of your super. We'll give your super a health checkup. Uh, we'll give you clarity on how you're invested, the fees you're paying, tax uh, saving strategies on offer, and also the rules of the game. So you can book in via nucleuswealth.com forward slash contact as well. So Damo, over to you to get the ball rolling. Yeah, so um, I've spoken a little bit um, in, in passing on the podcast and, and certainly, um, you know, most of the, a lot of clients we've been speaking with, we've been talking around the, this whole uh, weight loss industry. So, so you know, I think for, for most people, they probably would have seen something at the moment um, that there's a, a number of drugs out there which are, are, are targeting obesity and, and um, are, are having a, a reasonable amount of success. And uh, the, the two major companies we've owned in our portfolios for some time because um, it was sort of, it was a theme we quite liked and, and um, we could sort of see the potential for, um, uh, for upside in those. Now, those stocks have run pretty hard. Um, we still have them in our portfolio, despite being, um, uh, I guess, expensive on on certainly current earnings. Uh, and 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 what we really what I really want to talk about here was where the future earnings can go for these companies. But I guess as a bigger picture issue, uh, whether this is actually going to make a a much bigger investment theme for um, for for the whole healthcare sector and and uh, a number of other related industries over the next sort of five or 10 years and, and what, the, what the successes might be. So, so I guess the, um, you know, the, the goal of, of these is to get some sort of relatively easy to take drug um, with, with little to no side effects that people can take um, that would, um, would, that would keep their weight down. And, and, and for the most part, these drugs um, basically keep people's weight down by uh, making them feel less hungry and not, not, you know, not having that, that, that urge to eat. 
And so, you know, does that make a, a, a sort of step change for, for a lot of healthcare companies, um, for a lot of, um, uh, you know, things like gyms and, and, and weight watch watches and all these other, all these other things that might go into it. Um, there is a potential for something major to, to be going on. And so what we really wanted to do was sort of dig into, to where the technology is at, um, what might happen, what's going to be most affected and, 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 and all those types of factors. So, so with that, um, you know, we brought Radic, who's, um, uh, had a long history of, um, of looking at, at uh, biotech stocks and and healthcare stocks, um, and uh, you know as as they're exploring with white loss like everybody else. Yeah, that's right. Everyone's, and and not a, not a keen not keen to go to gyms. So um, yeah, so uh, we thought we might start with that and and I guess jump to um, jump across to you, Radic, and, and talk about sort of obesity as a as a social burden. Okay, as a bit of background, I guess. Um, I've got this slide here on the magnitude of the problem, and this is obesity. So this was, um, uh, is, that, is that up? Uh, yeah, there's a delay in that. So, um, so um, back even in 2012, you can see here that obesity was the number three uh, of the social burdens generated by human beings. In fact, um, uh, that's now... Uh, I'd say, you know, probably getting even larger. And you can see the uh, the cost of that is um, almost 3% of um, global GDP. It's only second to smoking and um, wars and terrorism. Um, if we look at the next slide, and it's expected to increase. It's, it's, it's ex by 2030... It's expected to cost $4 trillion per year, which is about how much um, the COVID pandemic cost the world in 2020. But that's going to be an annual cost. If we look at obesity over time, if we go to the next slide, you can see it's a growing issue. And it's also a growing issue largely for the first world countries. You can see there that um, in this measure, the United States is one of the world leaders. And us as Australians are not far behind with the UK. Yeah, and so for anyone sort of listening into the podcast, um, you know, it's got this is sort of from 1975 to um, sort of the uh, late 2020s. Oh, sorry, late late 2010s. Um, sort of got, it's got the US sort of going from um, you know 1975 was closer to 10 percent, and then Australia and UK pretty similar bits to to over 35 percent now. So more than a third of the US um, was, was rated obese, and that's probably going to be closer to closer to 40 percent now. Um, and so it's over 40 now, and it's it's projected to be over 50 by um, 2030. Whereas compare that to, say, Nigeria, where it has like 5%, India, under 5%. Low income, um, you know, under 5%. High income, as, a, as an average, is uh, around 25%. And it's also growing in all countries. That's, the trend is upward in every country, even even in the third world. So it is a serious issue um, and basically reflects, um, I guess, the wealth of the world. And then I think this was, this was obviously our, our original investment thesis, wasn't it, Radic, was that we had a number of companies targeting um, obesity and, and, you know, we obviously didn't know exactly how much success that had, although that, you know, that had some reasonable success in the trials. But, but the idea was, well, just, just the fact that, that you've got a company targeting obesity and working on the drugs and, and, and buying small biotechs with, with with interesting technology was was a an interesting enough investment theme for us to to um, to sort of want to have these stocks in our portfolio. 
portfolios and, and keep them in our portfolios with an idea that, um, you know, there is a, uh, it seems to be an inexorable an, an trend. Yes. And um, it also looks like with these new class of drugs that perhaps there might, there might be a solution with which a lot of other treatments like cancer and um, yeah, there's no uh, Alzheimer's. Is, it's, they're finding it very difficult to follow in treatments. But the, with this new class of drugs, um, it looks like there could be some sort of solution in the near term. So, moving on to the next slide. Uh, at the moment, with um, weight loss, there are um, rather extreme options. So, on the um, on the left hand side, uh, the one that I guess that we should all be doing is diet and lifestyle. But that ultimately leads to about a a five percent um, decrease in weight loss over the longer term. If you go to the other extreme, the other extreme is obviously surgery, where you use gastric bypasses, sleeve gastronomies. So you can get um, good results with those to around 25 to 30%, but they involve surgery and it's very, very invasive. But the, and, uh, and so effectively reason, that's, that's just sort of tying up the stomach and making the stomach smaller? Is it? Basically, that's, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And, um, uh, and its permanence is also questionable. I've had, I know people who've had it and then still reverted back. So it's not, all, all these treatments, um, it's very difficult to get a sustained benefit. And yeah. as, when we go into this drug, you also see that even with these drugs, even though you're getting quite a good benefit, which is you see in the mid-range of this slide, between 10 and 25%, um, that is um, uh, while you're on the drugs. And usually the, the rule of thumb is that once you stop any of these sort of treatments, you lose about half the benefit. Yeah. So... Um, uh, yeah, yeah, but but so they're all um, yeah, fifteen percent weight weight loss, which is um, yeah, pretty significant given. Yeah, well, the yeah. thing is, if you if you have a, a drug benefit of around twenty twenty five percent, and even if you stop it and you you retain ten percent, that is a good result. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, and obviously uh, with these ones, you know, if it's, I'm assuming that the the it comes back on in yeah, over a period of time, and and then you can go back on the drug again. And, yeah, at, the, at the moment, the um, safety data on these drugs seems to be quite good. I'll, I'll, I'll go into that in a little bit later. Mm. So just to move on on how these drugs work, they're called um, GL, GLP um, agonists. And they control this. It's a natural drug. And essentially, it um, has a, a multi-factor effect. It reduces, uh, it increases burn in, in fats. It increases the uh, insulin secretion, which uh, uh, absorbs the glucose, and it reduces um, uh, absorption in skeletal muscle, and reduces glucose production in the liver. So it's quite they're quite revolutionary drugs, and the and the big benefit of them are, if we go, I guess, across to the pros and cons, is that they're natural chemicals and they don't last long within the body. So unlike a lot of other drugs which may be, you know, artif uh, artificially created and affect certain things. This is a natural process. It, so it slows down existing pathways and doesn't block key brain receptors, unlike some previous um, uh, drugs like um, uh, the one I've got listed there, where it's Zimalti, which actually acted on cannabinoid receptors. 
but uh, in the end actually created um, uh, adverse effects with um, suicidal thoughts, so that actually never got uh, released in the USA. The FDA didn't approve it. Um, the adverse symptoms of these drugs is relatively mild. It's gastrointestinal, so, you know, is it nausea, um, uh, irritation of the stomach lining, uh, diarrhea. But there's no hypoglycemia, which is often a, a, a negative benefit of these drugs. That's, that's when you have to, not enough glucose in your blood and you can sort of pass out. Um, there's also been now proven substantial health benefits on cardiovascular, diabetes, and also there are uh, once-a-week therapies. So it's not like um, at the moment I'm on, I'm a type 2 diabetic and I take drugs, I have to take them twice a day. But if I could take something once a week, there's a lot more, it's much easier to have compliance. On the negative side, uh, obviously it's not all fat that you lose. You do lose muscle tone, which is a, uh, a factor for, for, for the elderly. They have to think about. Um, as I mentioned before, the, the weight's um, regained if you discontinue, but that's with all therapies. It's uh, relatively expensive at the moment, and it's not universally covered by health insurance. It's a big factor in the U.S. Um, there's no oral version of it currently. You have to inject, but they've got sort of dispensers. And there are some um, investigations on um, associations with cancers, but that's usually if you're already susceptible to those cancers, like thyroid cancer and pancreatitis. Mm. So overall, though, um, in the scheme of a lot of these drugs, it's uh, a, 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 I'd consider this a, a very good wonder drug almost. Yeah. And so um, to just to dig into that a little, a little bit deeper, so um, uh, how long have we been sort of testing these, these drugs for? And in, in it's been around now at least 10 years on, the, on, the, on some of the basis, the earlier versions of this, and they've shown that there are... Um, um, don't seem to be any long-term effects, so they're um, relatively safe in the scheme of um, drugs, I'd say. Yes, and the other one is... Uh, and, needs, and, sorry, you need to do more investigation, obviously, on, on long, long-term effects, but... Yeah, yeah, if you've got, so say, you know, 10 years at most, 10, 10 years at the maximum, but realistically probably two or three years of, of pretty uh, pretty in-depth data, I'm guessing, and, 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 a, and a long history of, yeah. And, and I guess the other part is um, uh, this is, you know, we're talking about early days in terms of, um, uh, as you said, it's a, it's a new, it's a whole new class of, 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 of something they're targeting. And so now um, they're all trying all the different variations and, and what else works and, and, and additions and subtractions and, and, and things like that as well. So there's a, a sort of a, a potential yeah, maybe they struck on the, the the best ones straight away, but but there's also potential that there's there's other versions, as you said, that, that might be orally. Um, yeah, you might be able to take orally or, um, yeah, once a month or once once every two weeks or whatever it is. So whatever the the factor is that 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 will help in terms of um, yeah, people wanting to do this. Yeah, like, yeah I, so there's, there's just one thing I'm curious about, and uh, you know, if you if this has been around for ten years, why is there so much hype about it now? Like, why is it the trials just coming out now with the with the benefits or why now it's a long lead time with these drugs you've got to do a lot of testing phase one phase two phase three um they've also got to create it so it's you know uh, longer acting um so th there's a long lead time with these drugs so i think that's 
That's essentially uh, it. And, and it's so, so so we've had um, the approvals have only been uh, you know recently though as well in terms of more more widespread use I guess strategy. Yes. So Novo's only come out in the last one or two years. Uh, Eli Lilly's virtually in the last year. So yeah. they're the they're the leaders in this. Um, and, and ten years ago as well, it's a similar to Viagra, isn't it? In in that Viagra was originally I think a blood pressure tablet or something. It wasn't until and it sort of wasn't until later they worked out what the the, the other um, health benefits of, of, of it is is that um, I think that's yeah you know, this was obviously targeted as a um, uh, as a diabetes thing initially wasn't it and then part of it was like yes hey you know people are losing fifteen percent of their weight as well and so that's then you know adding to our other factors so it was, it was um, yeah I guess ten ten years ago it wasn't being sort of pushed as a, as, a, as a weight loss drug as much as it was a, a diabetes am I right that right. Yeah, it's, it's an evolution of drugs. In fact, um, Eli Lilly, about five years ago, decided to pivot and, and to concentrate on its um, uh, metabolic-type drugs and walk away from some of the oncology drugs that they were doing before. And it's sort of, I guess, through the research, they've got better and better versions of it. Till now, they've got this one, which you know maybe the initial one only gave 5% um, weight loss, but now... You know, they've now refined that up to virtually almost twenty percent of the period. So. Yeah. And so and, and then the other part is um a lot of this is to sort of a lot of the, the, the gains seem as well to be the as, appetite suppressant stage, isn't it? Of the That's right, yeah. So So uh, yeah, obviously not feeling you know, that the, the medical issues around yeah, I'm I you know, I'm I'm no longer eating three thousand calories a day, I'm only eating whatever, two thousand calories a day or whatever the, the right right number is, is that's obviously a um uh, from a from a danger perspective, that's that doesn't seem to be doesn't seem to have that many downsides in terms of that. Yeah, yeah, and the, also I noticed the uh, cardiovascular benefits, and uh, you know, is that a byproduct or is like how does that work? I mean, that seems unusual. Well, if you've got less weight, the less. Um, yeah, heart has to do less work, so therefore there's less chance of having a stroke, less chance of, um, um, you know, obviously the plumbing breaking. So yeah, there's yeah, benefits. Yeah. It's just um, uh, one of the just, best things you can do for your health is actually to lose weight. So yeah, this if you can do it via a tablet or you can do it via exercise, it's it's universally I think acknowledged as one of the um, best health health outcomes you can do. I guess yeah. And I think for the companies involved, that's where their part of their upside, isn't it? Is is that um, and why we've seen um, stocks like CSL and, and ResMed in particular be hit quite hard on this is because um, you know the expectation is looking at these is is that um, okay of of everyone who's got sleep apnea, for example, a certain proportion of them have um, worse symptoms because they're overweight, and so um, yeah by by having drugs like this that where they can lose the weight. Um, that will then lessen the sleep apnea, and, and then as you as you go through all the different types of, um, uh, you know, people with high, people who struggle from high blood pressure, okay, if they could lose fifteen percent of their weight, they would, you know, that would help their blood pressure. People who struggle with, um, uh, yeah, it's an, um, the anything that's to do with heart or, or you know, and, and issues is like yes, if, if you if you're carrying that much less weight, then you your heart doesn't need to pump as much blood around your body, and and so. Yeah. There's all those, um, there's sort of a, they're ba- and that's basically where these companies are now is sort of basically just going, um, you know, 
uh, in this in the same way that they sort of went, okay, look, this was originally a diabetes drug. Um, we're going to target um, uh, we're going to target uh, lessening of diabetes is is this is what we're trying to see as our marker of whether this drug is a success or not. Um, now they go through a whole bunch of other factors about going, okay, well, let's let's target all these other things. Let's run tests on all these other things and seeing, well, if you do lose 15% of your weight, um, you know, that it does help all these other all these other major um, drug symptoms out there. So um yeah, and so that sort of leads to this next thought, wasn't it, Radic, in terms of the um the average spending by we've got one here, average spending by age, but there's also um just sort of showing that it's none of this is linear and that actually you spend a lot of money on, on older people. And, um, it's a similar type of thing in terms of the weight side, um, uh, is that if you're spending lots of money on, um, like the people who are, people who are generally overweight end up costing the, um, uh, the medical system a lot more. And so if you can sort of, if you could take, I guess it's this overall thesis, if you could take, um, yeah, the most overweight 15% of the population and shift them down, um, yeah, bring them back to, uh, reduce their weight by 10%, um, that would, might have a, a, uh, a nonlinear effect in terms of the amount of money you need to spend in that all of a sudden there's, there's a, a bunch of other issues that go away and you, you need to spend a lot less on those people. So I don't know, your thoughts, Radic, around, I guess the, where the, where the money gets spent on the, on the healthcare side? Um, in terms of, well, obviously prevention's um, better than a cure, right? So if you can reduce people's... Um, if you're not a drug uh, manufacturer, yes. <laughs> you're talking about human good, yes. If you're a drug manufacturer, yeah. cure, yes. <laughs> cures, but, I, but I mean, societal benefits, yes. Yeah, societal benefits. So, I mean, the other thing I think in, back in the, one of those slides, the, the child obesity rate is also quite large now. It's up at like 20%. So a lot of adults think, so we're seeing this already from an early age, and that's obviously going to blow out this chart uh, in the longer term if that's not addressed, because um, obesity is like a multiplying factor for all the other diseases that we've talked about, stroke, cardiovascular, even some of the cancers, I think. So I think if um, if this drug can be used well, um, early on, there are positive health benefits for the for all of society and 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 economies as well. Mm. Excellent. Okay, so what we might do? Let's go to let's go to you, what's to you, Sam. For we'll be back with the investment insights very shortly. Nucleus Wealth is an active and passive investment manager. If you like what you're hearing and want some help with the investing, we can do it for you via our active portfolios. Our tactical and core portfolios use the insights shared in this podcast to construct and manage your investments. We blend tactical portfolios to offer our combinations of international shares, Australian shares, government bonds, and cash. We vary the asset allocation with the goal of protecting your capital in times of market uncertainty. We also have active international and Australian share portfolios. These are chosen using our quality and value investment philosophy. You can find out more at NucleusWealth.com. Now back to the show. Right, so um, now what I want to do is, is talk a little bit about the companies themselves and then the, the, the broader sort of macro um, uh, outlook. So I think um, yeah, from, a, from a big picture sense, um, we've got some, slides, some charts up just sort of showing the, uh, the share price performance and it's been pretty spectacular from both of them. Um, 
I think maybe Redick, if you do want to give us a quick sort of run through about um, what else they do and and what yeah. Uh, yep. Um, so Novo Novo um, Nordisk is is really the leader here. They were one of the first ones. They're obviously the first ones on the market with this GLP drug. Um, they've always specialised in metabolic disorders. Uh, that's their sort of specialty. Um, at the moment, just looking at their last year's revenues, um, 66% of their revenues came from these sort of obesity drugs. And the other three, 33% came from um, similar uh, areas such as insulin and rare diseases. So, um, and obviously that obesity proportion is, is uh, growing very strongly. Yeah. Uh, Eli Lilly, as I said, uh, pivoted uh, away and looked at, I uh, moved into this sort of area about five years ago. At the moment, their breakdown is about 50% on this GLP um, drugs, and 50% is on other drugs such as um, they've still got some cancer drugs, they've got something on arthritis, and uh, other type 2 diabetic um, drugs. Uh, also of note is that um, Eli Lilly is also looking at Alzheimer and Alzheimer's drugs, which has been a very problematic area to create drugs for, and they seem to be having some good results there. They've also got a very good candidate for Crohn's disease, which is another potentially strong drug. So uh, Eli Lilly has a very strong, sort of more, probably a more diverse pipeline than Novo, but Novo is a, a, a very specialised player in this field. Yeah, so you get yeah, so, so you get you're getting sort of a. A, a more pure play with Novo, but but Eli Lilly, this diversification as well and similar ones. And and okay. so, I mean, just in, just in a big sense, big picture sense, from the, the way we look at both these is that they they end up looking really high quality um, on our, on our metric, but they both look very expensive. Um, and then it all comes back to how much growth they can get out of these drugs. And they're um, you know, I guess in terms of forecasts. Um, Earnings is roughly doubling for, for, for both of them over the, from, you know, say, um, uh, 2022 through to 2025. They're both roughly doubling earnings. Um, uh, so, so and then growth beyond that looks like it might continue to be pretty strong. And, and so from an, from an earnings perspective, you look at, say, um, Novo and they're sort of priced around about, so if you look at the second 12 months of, of earnings, so, so after earnings have doubled, um, it's sort of priced on around about 26 times. So, um, you know, more expensive than the market, obviously. Um, uh, but it's given us growth profile. It's not an outrageous sort of multiple that, that, that you sort of look at for, from on that perspective. Uh, Eli Lilly is a bit more expensive, um, uh, but not, not hugely so. So, if you, again, if you look that sort of two years out, you're getting a little bit over 30 times earnings. So... Um, uh, yeah, yeah. If that's all you thought you could get from this, in terms of that, you're going to get that doubling of growth, and then that was it. Um, it was you weren't going to see any more growth up that. Then, then you'd probably argue, yeah, both these are, are um, well, starting to look overpriced. But if uh, if if we're looking though at a, at a, at a relatively um, a relatively big expansion of these drugs into, or at least the potential for it into into lots of other areas where um, you know you can start seeing people tied up to their doctors and and it said you're in danger of a stroke and so well what do we need we need whatever it is blood thinners and, and other bits and pieces but actually why don't we throw you on this anti-obesity one as well and you lose 15 kilos and and next thing you know your um you know you, your odds of getting a um a stroke is down as well and so that's where 
you know, we're not obviously not there yet, but it's the um, the potential that I guess um, these ones have in, in that perspective. Uh, uh, just, can I add that? Um, can I just add that? Um, don't forget, Novo's already uh, been in this market for at least a year or two, whereas Eli Lilly is just starting, so it's yet to see the big ramp up. So that's perhaps why you're paying a higher multiple. Yeah. And the size of the market also is is already growing. I've seen uh, red quotes by 2030 be $70 billion market. Then I've seen $100 billion and I'm already seeing $150 billion. So uh, per year, this is per year. Yeah. So they're huge numbers, you know, like um, peak uh, GLP numbers for um, Eli Lilly have seen around 70,000 already. Yeah. So there's huge upside in it and I'd also like to point out that um, Pfizer when it first came out with its Viagra traded at 90 times um, uh, multiples of earnings so uh, there is potential for the market obviously to get exuberant on this so that's why uh, I, I don't think it's it's probably too early to um, sell it at the moment but um, it is expensive yeah, but if there, yeah, and my guess as well would be that the market for people needing um, uh, a little blue pill to help them is 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 going to be smaller than the number of um, people who who would like to lose a little bit of weight as well. Yeah, it's a big, it's definitely a bigger market. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, what's your thing? So, um, and then so there's a, another couple of companies uh, who have sort of got um, some drugs in in progress. Yeah, there's uh, there's some, but they're about two years out. I think um, Amgen is one of them. Pfizer. Yeah. So so there will be there will be people coming into this market, but um, obviously they'll um, they've got about ten years worth of patent protection. So both these companies should have at least ten years of good sales, and obviously they will lose some market share at some point, and then generics will will play a factor but it's still of a, a nice annuity um, yeah yeah and so and so i mean i think we, we looked at those as well so we've got a tilt for example now um you know in our if you want to take a tilt in in some of our portfolios to get extra exposure we in our active portfolios we have exposure to these but but people who say have got a passive um investing passively and do want to have a an extra exposure to these um can we've, we've got one for these weight loss drugs but we actually have only put the two companies in there because we looked at, you know, Pfizer's and Amgen's, which do have drugs in the, in the pipeline. But first of all, um, they haven't been through any approvals. And, and so that's always, you know, an uncertainty. And secondly, um, both those are, are, are very large um, drug companies. And um, you just don't even, even, even if they did get them up and running, um, if they're going to get a, you know, a 2% market share or a 5% market share, um, Yes, it's it's big in terms of dollars, but it might not have to be that big in terms of the company's overall earnings. So you might look at, say, Pfizer, for example, and go, yeah, great, it's picked up a 5% share in, in five years' time, it's picked up a 5% share of the weight loss market, but actually that's only a you know, 2% of the overall company. So if you're looking for a, a, a reasonable exposure to um, to these themes, um, yeah, there's really only the, the two stocks. Um, a couple, There's a couple of small cap stocks I think you could, you could get exposure, but really there's the um, these are the two main ones you're looking at. Um, uh, and the other, the other thing worth noting is, is Novo Nordisk. I, I, I forgot to look up the number, but I, it's, it's some, uh, it's, it's a Danish company and it's some massive proportion of the Danish market. And so, um, there's, there's actually been trading issues around that in the Danish fund managers who are, who are only invest, 
like you know that they might have limitations on they can only own twenty percent of any one stock, and, and this stock's I feel like it's forty percent, maybe even fifty percent of the index got to, and so um, you know they've they've sort of been structurally underweight and haven't. Been, so there's so some of the some of the discount as well um, you, you get in in Novo might just be um, uh, you know some trading issues around that as well. It's not as it's not listed in the US, and so um, often you find often we find anyway that the um, you can pick up uh, some European stocks. Um, a little bit cheaper than what you can find the uh, the equivalent in the US for. Uh, I might go back to you, Sam. We'll be back again shortly. If you like what you're hearing but want a low-cost passive option, Nucleus Wealth is the first to offer passive direct indexing in Australia. The first generation of passive investing was index funds. The next gen was ETFs. Now direct indexing is here with significantly more customization and control. The benefit of direct indexing is you can add or subtract investment themes, and we have almost 100 different options to choose from. For example, you could buy an international share direct index portfolio that excludes fossil fuels and arms manufacturers and has a tilt towards cybersecurity and cloud computing. Alternatively, you could buy a portfolio with no screens and an extra exposure to nuclear power and defense contractors. You can find out more at NucleusWealth.com. Now back to just one more quick thing. We just want to ask you for a simple favor. We want to spread the message about transparency, innovation, and integrity in investing. At Nucleus Wealth, we live and breathe these values. We would love it if you can help us spread that message, and subscribing to our channel will help us do that. We would be most grateful if you can hit the like and subscribe button now. Yeah, so now I wanted to go to sort of, sort of these, these longer-term macroeconomic um uh, investment implications. So, uh, there's a number of different ones that people have spoken about, but, you know, I think, I, I guess the big picture, um, you know, I guess utopian sort of view of this is that, uh, you know, all these things work, uh, they're, it's relatively, you know, you can pop a pill once a week or, or once every two weeks and it effectively suppresses your appetite a little bit and maybe burn, helps you burn a little bit more fat. And so all of a sudden people, um, yeah, we can go back to the the obesity rates of the seventies or or the eighties in terms of you know a small portion of people and 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 a lot of people can um you know get those benefits. So so the question is though for that is that um what other industries get affected? So so one is that yes, there's some drug drug manufacturers on one side that that are, that, that will benefit, but there's actually a, a a relatively broad range of other companies that could be um could be uh, affected by this. So um. Uh, I guess fast food is 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 probably one of the one of the first places you go to, and and the question there is, um, you know, does this mean that your your and it's probably a negative for it in terms of the, the amount of food consumption, um, but but there are other you know there's potential other sides to it to where you say, look, a somebody who eats McDonald's or, or fast food three times a day might go back to only eating two times a day or or, or once per day, um. And so that's going to be a, a drain, obviously, on these, and, and they might be ordering, you know, medium-sized meals rather than large-sized meals or, or smaller, smaller food things. Um, but the flip side is maybe there are people out there as well who uh, don't eat fast food for the because of the health issues, but then once they once they can pop a bill and, and keep their weight down, maybe then they do eat fast food a little bit more. So um, you know, I guess there's a, a pluses and minuses on that side. Um, Radic, your thoughts? Um, I think. Um... The pill changes your metabol metabolism effect, but it doesn't change your behavior necessarily. 
Yeah. And I, I guess a lot of these um, fast food and those sort of trends are um, due to behaviour. So, yeah, uh, it's. I think there will be a a, a, a negative effect on them, but uh, it's very be very hard to quantify. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and look, you know, obviously everyone colours this by their by their own experience, but uh, but I know certainly, uh, I think uh, it's most people who get a bit bit older as sort of will will um, uh, or struggle with weight will 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 avoid fast food if they can help it. To um, you know, whereas whereas if if the uh, if you no longer have as as much of a uh, cause and effect on, on on the weight that you know maybe there's uh, maybe there's bond oh. there. Um, I guess the the diet industries is is obviously a big place but you know i guess you have got some thoughts on weight watches as as one of the companies oh yeah that, that was an interesting one so you think they would be a, a net negative right so but weight watches apparently have been very clever they went and bought a company i think called sequence health where essentially they'll now be looking at perhaps dispensing these drugs and looking after the um um use of them so given that their database is is uh, obviously, people with weight problems—they're perfectly positioned to actually benefit um, yeah. from their from their knowledge base. And and, and the so, bit we don't, the bit we don't know, isn't it? Is, is that like we know with existing diet stuff is that yeah, you go to diet for a bit and then um, you go off the diet and you get most of it back and then you go back on the diet again. And so for Weight Watchers, it's like well, yeah, we have a a relatively recurring income stream of people, you know, in terms of those ones, but. Um, the question, as you said, is with these new ones is, you know, you get some of it back is, is, is that going to be the same type of thing where people will go, yeah, I'll, yeah, um, I'm 80 kilos and then I go to 95 and then I t take my drugs again and I go back to 80 and then I'm, you know, so you go into that cycle, in which case weight washers are probably doing all right. Whereas if it's, um, uh, yeah, if it's more of a permanent, well, yeah. Yeah. Well, the weight watchers can become like the trainer, you know, like in, um, in exercise, well, they'll tell you, okay, you know, if you go off the drugs until you went to go back on, and you know, like yeah. to, so they could, they could, they could morph themselves into that sort of, um, yeah. Role. Well, it'll, it'll be up to your Apple Watch or your or your Fitbit, yeah. and and uh, yeah, just tell, give you send you a message saying, uh, it looks like you're uh, looks like you stuck some stuck a bit of weight on. It's time to time to pop back in for a prescription. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. That, it's an interesting uh, play on the on the sector that one, I think. Mm. Now we've already, I mean, we've already seen some quite negative effects on ResMed, um, and, and there's some other companies as well around which are, I guess these. Let's use ResMed, but as an example, but uh, but I guess I really, I am talking about a whole range of other companies in the same part where effectively, um, I think ResMed initially came out basically saying no, no, these drugs are quite expensive and we don't think it'll make much difference at all. And, um, and by the way, it's only a small proportion of people who, who, um, have sleep apnea because they're overweight. There's actually a whole bunch of other factors that, that give sleep apnea, um, to which I think the market basically went just a minute. You're telling me that, you know, people would spend, prefer to sleep with a vacuum cleaner on their face rather than take these weight loss drugs and, um, you know, and be, and be skinny. <laughs> um, uh, and potentially the market's actually pushed too hard on, on some of those ones. But so, and that's sort of one thing, I guess, we're, we're sort of cognizant of as we're looking through these ones. But I guess there is that overall sort of overarching thing, as we said, Radic, that, um, you know, if this weight loss drugs are successful in knocking off 
you know, a couple of trillion dollars of of um, of cost out of the uh, out of the out of all these other um, you know hospitals and 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 doctors and things like that, then that has a genuine impact on on the rest of uh, the rest of the health itself. I mean, uh, the growth in obesity, I guess, was a, a a positive growth profile for ResMed, right? So if that decreases, obviously ResMed will be hit. Now, the extent of that, they argue, is that you know uh, you you will spend fifteen thousand dollars on a, on ResMed over your lifetime, but mm. these drugs will cost you one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So, in the scheme of things, they're um, they're arguing that they're their market is still large, and that's yeah. probably true. But well, um, I did want to talk about the costs though as well, because I think, um, and yeah, you know, to, to use Viagra as an example, yeah, you know, I think the costs of Viagra have fallen by I don't know ninety percent or something like that from when they first introduced it to now. Um, the way these drugs are produced in terms of the the production line is there anything that sort of suggests that that actually, um, you know, these the initial problems they're having in terms of setting up and, and getting getting scale. That, that there's something endemic in the way that these drugs are produced that they'll always be expensive or is this or does this look like I guess what most other drugs look like in terms of being yeah when you've got to produce a thousand pills a week your cost is x and then if you're producing a million uh, you know ten thousand then you get to bring that down to half of x and then when you get to a million then you get bring... oh I'm sure they're making huge margins on this and and so, you know with scale it'll definitely get cheaper if they if they so wish but obviously um while they've got their patents, they will try and squeeze as much money as possible. Yeah. Out of and, and while you've got a production issue in terms of you can't produce as much drugs as you as to, to satisfy demand, then you probably do want to leave the, the price aside, don't you? Saying, if I can only produce oh. whatever it is enough for 100,000 people a week, then I'll keep the price high. And when I can produce enough for a million a week, I can cut the prices and 10 million a week, I can... I mean, what will... What, what, be a game changer for them is if the insurance companies in the US start um, uh, subsidizing these drugs. So then the price will go down, obviously, because they'll yep. negotiate down, but um, the volumes will increase. Yeah. And and so that's the part where I'm, I'm looking at it saying, okay, yes, it might be in the US, for example, it might be a, you know, a $800 or $1,000 a month at the moment. So you might be looking at, say, 10 grand a year in, in costs. But um, yeah, if you see a, a a significant fall in that, and and you know, I, I would think that sort of a seventy five percent fall is certainly what what we've seen elsewhere in in these types of drugs. So it wouldn't be unreasonable, especially if it goes, um, you know, goes viral, so to speak, it goes into turns into a blockbuster, and so that means you know two and a half thousand dollars a year, so you two hundred dollars a month. Now for um, the healthcare companies, as you said, the insurers um, were actually pretty heavily incentivized to to do this because. Um, yeah, let's say it costs them a hundred dollars a month, but they actually end up saving, you know, a couple of thousand dollars in 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 avoided medical costs for people. Then you know they might be fully on board with um with sort of trying to. Yeah, that's why these studies, which show you know a twenty percent um, improvement in cardiovascular um, care um, results, is really important. For yeah, future benefit of these drugs. Yeah, so. and that. And that's obviously that's another area where we are heavily invested as well is the, is the medical insurers because um you know if you do, if you do get that that um, that benefit coming through they they're probably one of the big ones um, who will benefit from that so so if you look at the healthcare sector and and this does turn into something bigger then there's a number of um you know certainly doctors and hospitals and 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 other um uh, uh, 
um, sort of areas of, of health that will they will lose out in terms of less money spent on it. But um, the medical insurance area is quite possibly one of the areas that would that would be um, you know one of the bigger beneficiaries of it. Um, uh, so there's those, uh, so the social stuff. So, uh, yeah. So, so I'm assuming you've grabbed this from somewhere else. Is that, that's a yeah, dating, some, dating apps. Yeah. yeah dating apps, obviously as people lose weight, they get more confident. They're basically back on the market so that they're expected to see a boost. Gyms might be maybe perhaps negative because, you know, people think oh, I can take a pill. I don't have to do the exercise. Yeah. Then, or, you know, or a positive. still positive. Yeah, yeah. You know, a bit where they want to buff up again. So it's possible those ones. Uh, yeah. Like yeah, that's, that's an interesting one because I, I, I've seen a couple of takes on that, of a similar thing. And, and I, I honestly don't know which way I'd be interested, but probably one for people to comment in the, in the, in the, add something in the comments. But yeah, the idea is that, um, yeah, I can, I can certainly, I certainly see people, um, who would go, oh, I don't have to go to the gym anymore. I'll just convert my gym membership into a, you know, rather than spending a hundred bucks a month on, on a gym membership, I'll, I'll spend a hundred dollars a month on taking drugs that, that, you know, net, 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 I'm, I'm the same weight, but there are also, I think there's a stuff, I certainly see stuff where people, um, and, and it might be women in particular, I think, um, in the, in the ones that's seen were, were, were less likely to go to the gym if they thought they were overweight. It's almost like they needed to get fit enough to go to the gym so that then they could, you know, sort of like a, and so maybe, yeah. Maybe there's an element to that, uh, and I mean, I, I guess the other the other thing from a from a big picture sense before we look at those other ones is that um, if you look at people's spending habits and you said, okay, um, you're going to have on average, you know, you're going to eat twenty percent less, and so you're going to spend twenty percent less on on food potentially. Maybe that just ends up does that end up in 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 just better quality food, or or does that mean you just take that as a cost saving? Don't know. Um, if there's lower health costs. And, um, uh, and, and other factors, you know, there is a, a reasonable amount of money that might be, um, in terms of extra, um, disposable income that people could have if, um, yeah, if this does come through the, the, uh, in, in the more ideal situations, they, they continue to get breakthroughs and, and avoid, um, negative out, outlays. So that's that side. So you've, you've picked what are your other ones here, luxury goods. Luxury goods, um, I guess, with you know, people feel better about themselves. They spend more money on on, on uh, um, you know, yeah. yeah. Or, or did, or if you feel depressed about how how heavy you are, do you go out and buy a Louis Vuitton bag? I don't know. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll put those in because we we uh, we're long these uh, luxury goods. So yeah, think right. that the, yeah well. And then the wellness industry. Three. Well, these are the ones who have sort of like um, yeah. Uh, you take this 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 Chinese uh, drug and you will lose weight, and, and they've never been shown to really work. When people can say, "Well, here's something that my chemist that I know that works," and this has, uh, yeah, yeah, I got results, but science behind it, proper science behind it. That um, so they're gonna, I guess, uh, perhaps suffer. Yeah. So. None, none of these are major influences. I would have thought they're they're, they're at the uh, at the margin, I guess. So. Mm. And and is there, I feel to me it feels unknown as to whether, yeah, do you take that? Do people take that extra money that they that they they don't have to spend on on health and and food and, and just buy better quality stuff, or do they, um, uh, yeah, or does it end up being yeah more spent on travel, like more yeah, travel and luxury goods? You've got more disposable income. Is that where the money ends up? Or 
um, yeah, is there other other factors at play and and um, yeah, so yeah, certainly some 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 larger themes that that can come out of this, and I, and I, and I don't think we're sort of well for us there's parts where um, the stocks we're looking at where we're like yes we actually like this we like this theme already um, this is one more one more reason to buy the stock then then that certainly fits. I'm not quite sure where, um, or, or sell the stock. I'm not quite sure. Um, you know, we're, we're yet at the stage where you'd say um, we know enough to sort of say, you know, for example, to to go short all the fast food players because you know, structurally they're going to underperform for the next twenty years. I, I, I don't think we're at that point, but I think there's, um, you know, there's certainly uh, you know, enough room to be thinking about some of these themes within within your portfolios. I'll go to the question of the week, Sam. Yeah, so just before the question of the week, there's just one thing I want to add. Um, Damo, you obviously mentioned we now do have a tilt towards weight loss drug producers, uh, and uh, you can add that in to uh, any of our portfolios, or you can actually have that as a standalone portfolio. It's, I mean, this is just a smaller uh, tilt with just two stocks, Eli Lilly and Novo, uh, but we do have around uh, you know 100 screens and tilts, so some clients do use these tilts as a standalone portfolio. You know, some examples of the cloud computing or cybersecurity, if you just want that. Um, so there's that option there. And just want to let the listeners know as well, we do have two new other tilts. Uh, so we've got a gold ETF, uh, a hedged and an unhedged version there. So if you want to have, you know, if with a nucleus, well, that's, that's for physical gold as opposed to gold stocks. We had the gold, the gold stocks one in there, which we've got for people who've reused, and this is now physical gold as well for more physical gold. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, clients have been asking for this. So, uh, yeah, we wanted to, wanted to give them that option. So that's there as well. Um, and now we'll go to the question of the week. So this is for viewers to have some discussion in the comment section over the coming days. So the question for this week is, will weight loss drugs become a major investment theme? So feel free to post your thoughts and engage with us and some of the other viewers over the coming days. Uh, we do have a question from Richard. Uh, it's a little bit unrelated, but I'll, I'll ask it anywhere, but anyway because it has been a common theme uh, that we've talked about over, over the weeks and months. Uh, so Richard's asking... There are numerous commentators having stated that interest rates are going to be higher for longer. Uh, if so, what are the downside ramifications if it takes three or four years to get to the RBA target numbers? Yeah, I guess the question for me within a lot of this is is saying, um, yeah, are we in the stage where we're going to have to do more damage to the economy in order to get um, to the end result of, of lower inflation? And, and I guess the big issue is... Um, uh, uh, the big issue we, we're looking at is most of the drivers of inflation in Australia aren't really um, things that can be fixed by interest rates. So um, high um, oil prices, uh, oil prices are a globally traded commodity. Um, it doesn't, you know, what, what's, what Australian interest rates are really doesn't affect um, the, uh, the oil price. Uh, high energy prices in terms of um, uh, electricity and, and gas prices within Australia Again, um, we've. Uh, this is probably more comes back to the government. In the, the in the government has actually, um, you know, it's got in its power the ability to to put in um, uh, uh, to put in policies and procedures to to try and bring uh, prices down. But they've actually chosen not to. They've chosen to basically 
effectively side with the producers and 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 not pick any fights with any of the the um the sort of global gas companies and so by doing so um we've ended up with higher uh energy prices and so that's again yeah raising interest rates really doesn't make that much of a difference to that uh, i think you would need the interest rates to raise pretty pretty bloody high to get people to start um using you know less heating or less cooling um and then the the other one the other major one is is housing and and basically we've got a um and there are a number of sort of assorted ones as well, but we've basically got, uh, we're running record levels of immigration, sort of roughly um, double what was the highest we'd ever done before. And that was sort of double the, again, so you sort of, you, you against our sort of, you know, what what rate we were running, say four or five years ago, we're, we're running at least triple and getting close to four times as many. And so, um, and Australia was already building some of the Doing some of the most building of houses um, in in the world, so it's actually just really struggling to to get um, uh, enough houses up to, to to house all the people that are coming in, and and higher interest rates aren't actually helping on that. They're actually hindering it because it makes it harder for um, builders to build because they need to spend the money up front and and, and take the risks. And um, we've had a lot of builders go broke so in recent times. So um, all of the factors that that are um, well, not all the factors, but most of the factors that are driving Australian inflation aren't affected by interest rates. And so what that means is um, if they do keep on having to jack interest rates and hold them up higher for longer, that means you're going to do more damage to the rest of the economy um, because we're not going to do the, uh, um, we're not going to sort of have sort of fiscal law or, or immigration policies that, that would help ease the inflation in, in other areas. And so, um, yeah, that higher for longer um, sort of implies uh, more damage at some point to the to Australian economy is going to be needed in order to get inflation down. Excellent. Uh, thanks, Damo. Richard, I hope that gives you uh, gives you a good answer there. Um, and yeah, that pretty much wraps us up for today. So, Damo, thanks for thanks for sharing your views. Radic, it's been awesome to have you back on. And uh, I'm sure it's a topic that, that we're going to comment on over over the years. Uh, I don't think this this one's going away. So, um, yeah, looking forward to our next instalment when when things develop. So, thanks, guys. Excellent. Um, so we do welcome your feedback on this podcast, especially in regards to suggestions for future topics. If you do have any ideas, drop it in the comment section below, or you can send us an email to contact at nucleuswealth.com. Also, if you know of anyone that might get some value out of today's episode, we'd really appreciate it if you do share it with them. So from myself, Damien, Radic, and the rest of the team at Nucleus Wealth, thanks for watching, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.